practice your free speech, which I don't embrace. We choose truth over facts. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. You are fake news. Removing information that is problematic. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode two of the Methods Page podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Vollers. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, tonight, I wanted to uh, give my thoughts on um, the new normal in the United States. Um, things have been upside down, in my opinion, um, basically the entirety of this year. I mean, even back in you know, starting in, man, February, when we really started to hear about the coronavirus, um, talking about where it's coming from, what it is, where it's from, how to prevent us from getting it. Um, I know there's a lot of flack thrown at the federal government for not handing it, I mean, sorry, handling it, handing it, handling it very well. Um, and there's probably an argument to be had there. I'm not going to argue one way or the other on that. Uh, but I will um, mention that it's it's hard to um, compare that to you know a perfect outcome. You know what were what what were we expecting? You know what when people say they didn't handle it well. You know what exactly are they referring to? Um, it's hard to tell because everybody got it seems like around the world there are some countries that seem like they didn't get it very much there are some countries that were inundated with it um and it's one of the things i think we learned was that it's incredibly difficult to decipher what new information is accurate and what new information is inaccurate um there was so much coming out at the time, you know, it was wild and it ended up changing the face of what the United States is, what it means to people. Um, there's, you know, there's a whole new discussion happening um, with this virus, this pandemic going on in the background. Um, and it's kind of wild times. I mean, regardless of what you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, when we look back on this, um, regardless of what information turned out to be accurate, I think it's safe to say that it uh, completely transformed the nation. Um, it's one of those moments. I don't want to compare it um, to wars. I don't think that's apt. I don't think... Um, a lot of people throw out the Spanish flu. Um, I don't even think it's like that because um, I don't think they crack down the way that we've cracked down now. Um, I know things have gotten weird and we've, we've essentially impacted every single part of this nation at this point. 
all the way down um, to our culture and how we view our history. And it's been kind of a powder keg. So um, I think it exploded. I think the powder keg finally exploded. And I think we're in the midst of a cultural civil war right now. I think uh, I think people are listening to each other probably less than they ever have. Um, I think forgiveness um, is a thing that's out the window. Um, that one is... Uh, I even feel weird saying that. I was raised pretty hardcore Catholic um, as a little kid. I'm not that anymore. Not that I've disavowed a lot of the concepts, but I don't go to church or anything. I'm not a, a practicing Catholic, but I did learn a lot from it, and um, some of it's relevant. And this concept um, of forgiveness is, a, is, I think, one that's lacking right now. I think that um, one of the major defining um, aspects of what I'm talking about here, what the culture war is, is uh, the lack of, um, you know, people's ability to listen, people's ability to disagree and remain friends, people's um, ability to forgive when someone's wrong or changes their mind or didn't understand or simply just straight up disagrees with you. Um, it doesn't have to be the end of the world, you know, and right now I feel like it, it kind of is. And I think we reach this point, um, essentially because it's a combination in my opinion, um, of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, MySpace, uh, you name it. I think texting, I don't call that social media, but it's it's in there. Um, I think that has been, I think there's there's been a, how you say this? There's There's been tension growing ever since we've started to focus on social media um, in this country. And I don't know if it's been, um, I don't know if it's been positive. I really don't think that it, um, I think it's testing the bounds of our minds and what it means to be a culture, like a tribe, you know, and a civilization, what it, what it means um, to each individual person playing their role in our society. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, many, many, many millennia ago, when people were, you know, just bud monkeys, um, the, the amount of people that you interacted with was very few. Um, you didn't have to deal with all that many people. And I say have to because even the most um, people-friendly, you know, the most extroverted among us, there's a, there's a point in which you just can't continue to care about everybody and everything everybody's going through. Um, and between cell phones, texting, uh, and all social media, I think this concept that we are right now, that we are connected to each other all the time, 24-7, um, is crazy. I think that 
I don't think our minds are evolved enough to deal with that. I think we are um, biologically, I think we're the old guard. And I think technologically, we are beyond ourselves right now, um, which is, I think, what social media represents. I mean, it used to be that if you wanted to talk to somebody, you had to hang out with them, right? You had to give them, even not even that far back, even if you go, if you, if you had to call them on the phone, right? And they didn't answer. And they had an answering machine that would pick up, you know, and you'd have to just leave a message and you had to just be content with that. And if you couldn't, reach them that way you had to go look for them physically look for them drive around in your car and look for your friends if you really needed them that bad right um and now you got all you do you throw out a text if they don't respond you get frustrated right like oh this person's ignoring me and we all know we're ignoring each other and i think there's a growing um acceptance of the fact that we are uh we need a break from it and i think that Younger people, especially, I think they understand that, you know, the text, um, sometimes people just don't want to respond. Sometimes people are inundated. Sometimes people are busy. Sometimes people don't want to talk to you, um, which I think is good. That's a good thing. So, you know, so long as we understand, I think that text messaging is kind of like the old answering machine in the old days. Um, I think that's one, one way we can accept being this attached to each other at all times, um, this instantaneous communication um, that I think is hurting us. Um, I think people should relax on it a little bit, you know? Like, uh, for example, with the protest, right? When you had, you know, there's tests that people do, right? There's tests. They, they test each other on social media. Um, sorry, that was a bad segue. I'm going to social media... Um, to talk about, you know, essentially what role does it play? Um, what role does it play in this in this whole concept of the culture war? So social media um, keeps us connected, like I was talking about, all the time. All the time. You're always connected with everybody. Anytime anybody wants to look at you, they just open their phone and they open their little thing and they look at you anytime they feel like it. Right, and I think a lot of people feel that they have to look good on there all the time um, in order to be accepted. And I think some people take it more seriously than others, and some people don't care at all. Um, but really, what you do, even if you don't care, even if you don't care what your own, you know, Instagram profile looks like to other people, like you don't really care about the quality of your pictures, you don't really post that much, whatever it may be. Um, you probably get that feeling when you do post something and people like it. There's like a rush. You know, there's like, yeah, I'm getting noticed. This is cool. People like me. Fucking check me out, right? Um, which can be good sometimes. Um, you know, it can be good when it's positive. But You know, when you have something positive to share with your friends. Um, but it can hurt you too. You know, it can look bad i mean a lot of people go on there and they they blast out these opinions that in my mind they have not run by a real human being face to face either ever or only in front of people that are going to tell them they're right you know that's what i'm getting at with the whole if you used to want to hang out with somebody you used to have to talk to them to their face 
right? You don't have to talk to somebody to their face anymore. In fact, most talking is done not face-to-face now. And I think it's led to a big degradation in the understanding um, of communication and what communication is and how we can care for each other um, and be friends despite not agreeing on every issue. Somebody can have different thoughts than you and that's okay. Um, And I think that concept is essentially gone for a lot of people, for most people, which is, I think, one of the main reasons we find ourselves in this culture war. Like, everybody links everything back to everything else, and it's wild, right? I mean, okay, let's talk masks, right? In the United States, everybody wear a mask. Somehow, this idea of wearing a mask everywhere you go has become some kind of political stance, right so you've got people on one side who believe that all it is is a mask we're only asking you to cover your face when you go in public we're facing a dangerous pandemic and all we're asking you to do is cover your face up to help prevent spreading it to people right and then you've got other people on the other side of the aisle who believe that wearing a mask is some bitch shit And they're not going to do it just because they're told to do it. And frankly, if they're not sick, what does wearing a mask accomplish? I think is their main point. I mean, you're just, at some point, the people who are telling you to put a mask on, it comes across as whiny. And I think um, it's an issue. I guess I'm showing my cards here. I guess I just showed what uh, side of the aisle I'm on, but I do... um, I do try to respect those who want the mask, right? Like I wear it when I go into stores, when I'm out, I wear it. I'm not trying to be a problem. I get that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I never called anybody out for wearing one, even, you know, my close friends who would accept it. It's it's whatever, right? I feel like if you feel safer wearing that mask and you think that's what we should be doing, by all means do it, right? Um, I don't think it makes you weak or anything like that. Uh, But my point is we've gotten to a point now where this simple thing about wearing a mask kind of like if you wear the mask right and you look at people who aren't wearing the mask you've somehow connected them to donald trump you've somehow connected them to the right you've somehow connected them to some political leaning ideology that you're not a part of right and the the same is true for the opposite side right there's a lot of people who believe if you just put that mask on because the governor tells you to then you're just following you know, you're just following orders. You're, you're okay with authoritarianism. You're okay with our rights being stripped away. Um, and I think the unfortunate thing is both of those things that I said, I think there's probably room um, for people to agree with. But at the same time, I don't understand how this became political, right? This is one of the things I'm talking about with social media. So how that connects is you go, right? And you go on your social media, you control who you follow, you control who follows you, you control the information that you see, and that's backed up by what? The internet, right? In the internet, um, I think it was Bill Burr had a great, um, it's just a one-line joke in one of his specials many years ago. You know, you go to imright.com and basically, you know, you just validate your own beliefs, Um which, you know, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're not, though. Uh, 
and especially in the era right now where there is so much information and nobody really knows what it is, what is true. I mean, it's it makes it difficult because you've got people on both sides who are looking up information, probably slanting it towards what they already are prone to believe. And then they're taking that on and they're making the people who don't believe in that their enemy. And they don't want to listen to those people and they don't want to hear those people out. And they don't want to believe that those people have a point too, you know? Um, my take, my honest take is if you can prove that this pandemic is dangerous, right? Like if there are numbers and, and when, when, what do we mean? What do we mean dangerous? You know, that's the real thing. What do we mean dangerous here? What do we mean? What is, how, what, how do we measure danger? Right? Everybody's got different, um, different ideas of what danger means when this pandemic comes here. Is it Right now, the new goalpost is the number of cases that we have in this country, right? Before, it was deaths, right? And before that, it was hospitalizations. And before that, it was cases again, right? And we're just going in loops now. So at first, they told us all, oh, we'll just, you know, close the economy down and shut everybody in their houses and only go out if you need to and wear a mask. Or no, 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 no. I'm sorry. They said don't wear a mask, right? This is kind of getting at my exact point where... You know, they said, don't wear them, you know, stay inside, stay home, don't get anybody sick, blah, blah, blah. And for two weeks, everybody bought it. Almost everybody was on board. Almost everyone, universally, right? Because they told us it was dangerous. They told us they didn't know what was going on. They told us this is super bad. They told us this is the worst pandemic possibly that could ever happen. And millions of people are going to die. And everybody's going to get it. And we're all dead. And it's the end of the world. And so we need to do our part to stop it from happening, right? Well, if you look at the current numbers, that was an exaggeration. I don't, you know, you might believe it's dangerous for some people, which it seems to be. I'm not going to sit here and say that this isn't a new virus that's potentially dangerous. I'm not going to say that. It is. People have died. Many people have died from this. So this is obviously something to be taken seriously as far as a disease. Um, but the, the question, the big, the question to ask at this point, when it comes to the mask thing, is how dangerous is this thing? Because if you're one of these, if you're, if you believe in the mask, right, you believe stay at home and you believe shutting down the economy and you believe in all these, all the steps that we've taken um, to reach where we're at now, well, that becomes difficult for some people because the numbers don't seem to back up the opinion that you're stating, Right? I mean, even taken into account, I'm not sure what the death toll is now, um, but we're over, I think we're over 200,000 cases, right? And I think the death rate is somewhere at 0.05% right now, 0.5% maybe, I might have that wrong, might be 0.5%, it's one of those. I mean, either way, that just doesn't sound scary to most people, right? Especially when you look at comorbidities, almost everybody that's dying from this thing is has something else wrong with them. Seriously, something wrong with them. You know, whether it's some kind of cancer, whether they had a heart attack, whether they had whatever. And I don't think anyone would say that this virus doesn't somehow impact that, that there might not be, you know, um, effects down the line. I don't think that's what people are saying. Um, but... I do think, 
you got to be honest with the numbers right now. And at this point, we've we've reached a level where the mask thing has become political, I guess is where I'm going, right? Like even the most adamant mask people, the most adamant stay-at-home people, the most adamant, I mean, you have to, we're all looking at the same numbers, right? So this is what I mean by face-to-face. So you go online, right? And you look all that up and you just validate your own belief system. And then you're cruising on your, on Reddit or you're, you're talking to somebody in real life and they just start spouting some opinion that you don't agree with, right? You're like, what, what are you talking about? This is dangerous. Everyone's dying from this. This is the death rate is insane. This is the new Spanish flu, right? Because that's what you looked up and that's what you've come to believe. And I guess it's, you know, it's hard to argue back because even the most valid sources of information that we have now have gone back on a lot of things. You know, we've had the WHO flip their mind a few times. We've had the CDC flip their mind a few times on this virus. We've had Fauci come out and admit that they were lying to us about masks in the beginning. Um, And I guess this is just a really long-winded way of getting to the point of the no-mask people, right? Because for them, it's hard to justify putting that thing on outside of just being told that's what you have to do. And there's people who are inclined to just not like that. They don't want to listen to that. They don't want to just do something because they're told to do it. And they also have a point, you know? I mean, what are we willing to give up? And I know the mask thing, I'm just using that as an example. It seems soft, you know? It seems like, oh, it's not even that big of a deal. Just put it on, right? And... Like I said, to an extent, they have a point. It is not that big of a deal. It's uncomfortable sometimes, you know, I've de- especially after you exercise, you know, and you got to put that fucking thing on and you got to go to the store and wear it and you're like sweaty. It's horrible, right? It's hard to breathe. It's not good. Um, I don't think it's doing any damage to my body. I'm not going to go so far as to say like, oh, I'm not getting enough oxygen and I'm going to croak or whatever. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's doing damage to my body, but it is frustrating, right? And I've already gotten to the point where I forget it in the car all the time. And I got to go back and get it. And every time I go back and get it, I feel like a little bitch. You know, <laughs> I feel like, God damn it. I'm not, I'm not sick. I got tested recently, right? My uh, fiance was in the hospital and we both had to get tested and I didn't have it. Um, that was not even two weeks ago. And so there's a part of my mind that feels very dumb when I'm hanging out with other people that don't have it and we're all wearing masks. And it's like, this is literally not doing anything. Um, and the big ask, right? The big ask from the people who want us to wear the masks is just wear it because other people are scared or wear it because you need to protect other people or wear it because you need to do your part in making sure other people don't contract this virus. Well, I don't have it. So I don't understand how, you know, I know the whole thing with you, you can be a carrier. You might be carrying the virus. Well, the same is true for every other disease on this planet. Um, I think it's my biggest hang up with the mask and the safety precautions and the locking down and all of the things we're going through right now. I mean, with the numbers, the way that they are, like, why aren't we 
I guess I'm looking down toward the future, you know, and I wonder, I wonder what is going to, what sort of precedent this is going to set. You know, what is the new normal? Let's get back to this point. What is, where are we going to go with this mask thing, right? Where are we going to go with this lockdown? Like right now, they're talking about schools again. You know, the president and his wife are saying, we need to open school. School is important for kids. You know, they need to be with their friends. They need to feel safe at a time when things are scary. You know, they're saying these things. It doesn't sound crazy to me um, unless you're of the belief, sorry, belief, belief, unless you're of the belief that it is scary, that this is dangerous, that these kids shouldn't be exposed to this, right? That they are making other people's lives more at risk um, by simply going to school. And if you believe that, I see why you're arguing against opening school. Um, but I guess at some point, what is the, you know, what is the goal? I guess, you know, it was my big question. What is the goal right now to everyone who believes in the mask, who believes in locking down? What's the goal, right? Because they've changed it. I'm not saying the people that believe that, but I'm saying the people who are telling us to do these things have changed the goal so many times. Um, so many times, right? At first it was, like I said, we got to avoid hospitalizations. Well, we did, right? Most hospitals right now are not very full. They're they're fine. Most hospitals can take a few people right now. If we didn't overwhelm hospitals, we accomplished that goal. You know, then it was stopping the death count. Well, the death count right now is plummeting. Well, now it's in the number of cases that we have. Without taking into account, yeah, everyone's getting tested now. Tests are happening all over the place now. So yeah, we're having a lot more cases because everyone's getting tested now. It's just, it's more common to get tested than it was before. So we're going to find a bunch of cases. And to me, I know everybody compares it to the flu, um, but I think the only comparison really with the flu is is number-wise, right? You've got, it's, this is the precedent, right? This is what I'm talking about, the new normal. So are we going to go ahead every time someone in our town gets bronchitis, right? Some people die from bronchitis. So if every life matters and we need to wear a mask and lock everything down and close down the economy to save every single life, well, it begs the question that if that if bronchitis comes into you know your town, are we going to shut it down? We got to protect every single life, right? Even though the you know the people who are most vulnerable, we need to protect them. We need to wear masks. We need to not go outside. We need to not do all of these things. So when the flu comes, are we going to do it again? You know, and then everyone who's saying, you know, a lot of people are answering, well, what's the goal? Well, the goal is a vaccine. As soon as we get a vaccine, we're going to be fine. Not really. Not really. I mean, yeah, vaccines work against a lot. I mean, I, I am pro, before we start this material, <laughs> I'm pro-vaccine. Uh, I completely understand the importance of a vaccine. I am not an anti-vaxxer by any means necessary, by any means at all. Uh, I don't want to come across as that. But specifically, the COVID vaccine, I'm just saying that probably won't eradicate COVID-19, right? We have vaccines against the flu that barely work. And it's simply because they're trying to, I mean, they're trying to guess the strain essentially every time flu season comes. And it's extremely difficult, probably impossible, probably to guess. I don't think it's, I don't think they're incompetent. I think the job that's put in front of them is, is probably impossible, um, so if they guess right, yeah, the, the vaccine worked great, right? But if they guess wrong, well, it doesn't work so good. Um, so I feel like 
if we do end up with a vaccine, which probably won't be until next year, if we're lucky, I don't know how effective it's going to be, right? So if that's the goalpost, it's kind of out there in la-la imaginary land um, as to, you know, <laughs> what we expect. You know, what do we expect? What is the new normal? What? How are we going to proceed here? And essentially the culture war is all about that right now. And the coronavirus, I started with that, but that's only one aspect, right? There's a, there's a whole cultural civil war going on about all kinds of different things um, in this nation right now. You know, you've got Black Lives Matter. You've got All Lives Matter. You've got people tearing down statues. You've got, you know, you've got Trump just came out. He's trying to erect more statues. He's trying to make a park with American heroes, um, which I think is an interesting way to tackle that. Um, say what you want about the guy, but I feel like this is the avenue of compassion to take with this i feel like to be completely honest with you i mean that's you can't really fuck with that idea in my mind no matter how much you hate him he came out with this list of heroes you know it's got susan b anthony it's got jackie robinson you know it's a long list of people that it's kind of hard to argue with the Wright brothers the only one i will say this the only one is weird justice scalia is on the list which I guess I'll have to look into more, but I don't, I, I don't, that seem that seems like an outlier to me. Everybody else seems like they very well belong on that list, but I don't see why he's on that list, to be honest with you. Um, but like I was saying before, this, this strategy, I think it's the way to go. He's essentially erecting statues in a park that he's going to dedicate to what he's calling American heroes. And they're not it's nobody from the confederacy which is the main problem people have with statues and trust me they have a point right i I understand the point um but to go around tearing down these other you know i think i think frederick Douglass just got torn down the other day now there's no proof that it was black lives matter or anything like that so it could have been anybody so i'm not trying to to pin it on them but whoever tore down frederick Douglass, hey that guy is a straight-up american hero He's someone incredibly important to our history, and to tear that statue down, whoever did it, is dumb. It's just it's just retarded, right? You shouldn't. That's why. Why? What are you trying to accomplish, or what are you trying to prove there? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but basically, I feel like Trump splitting the split in the middle here, right? What he's doing with this park, which I find to be interesting, um, is. He's saying, let's give this list of people the attention and the respect that they deserve as guiding figures of our American culture and history that we want to present to the world, right? Which really, to me, is the reason these other statues are being torn down. You know, like, even though, you know, I disagree with tearing down, say, Thomas Jefferson as a statue, which a lot of people are threatening to do, um... I think he did way more good than he did wrong. In fact, I think he's was an incredible radical at the time. And I, I think to simply say he owned slaves and therefore everything he did is irrelevant um, is an oversight. I think that that's a mistake. Um, I think he should be considered an American hero as well. I mean, I think he should absolutely point out that he owned slaves. I don't think that should be brushed under the rug. I don't think that should be forgotten, right? It's that's an atrocity right we all agree on that that's the whole point um 
but I, I feel like what he was a part of in establishing a nation in which the government's supposed to be representative of the people um, was a lot more important, right? And from, you know, the things that people like Jefferson wrote came people like Frederick Douglass, right? It was like the seeds that were planted. Um, and from that we grew, right? And our, our Bill of Rights grew and our Constitution grew with us as a nation. And there's been progress made since then. Um, so I think to overlook that is, is a big mistake. But back to, the, back to the garden, right, of statues of our American heroes here. Um, he's kind of solving the problem on both sides, right? I mean, I feel like this is a weird thing to do. I feel like this is a bizarre proposition. But really, I think it's kind of genius the way that he's going about solving this tearing down of statues. Um, part of the culture war that we're having right now, right? He's going to erect statues, which people who are against the statues being taken down are probably completely for, right? They're like, yeah, statues are good. Like, that's why we don't want to tear them down in the first place. We like, we like, uh, you know, putting our historical figures an homage to them forever, right? That we want to be there. And at the same time, the people that were picked to be have the statues made out of are pretty awesome. I mean, you know, hard to argue that, you know, the Wright brothers are somehow some sort of horrible people, right? Hard to argue that Jackie Robinson didn't have a huge effect on American culture in his time, right? Hard to argue with that. And I think even the furthest left people, I think even the most, you know, anti-American Marxist, it's kind of hard to fight that as far as if you're going to say Jackie Robinson and play a role, right, in our history. And what that does, the people that he picked, far more diverse than, I will admit, than the statues that are being torn now, torn down right now, right? Far more diverse, far more fair, far more realistic, probably, um, which is great. I think that's a good step. I think it's the right thing to do. It's kind of, it's kind of an interesting way of appeasing both sides of this, um, which, which I really like. And, I feel like this, we're, I didn't want to admit this at first, right? I didn't want to think that there's an actual civil war happening. I don't think there's ever going to be, you know, armed troops on either side going to war. I don't think the American military is probably going to get involved unless it's to clean things up, right? Like they got called into um, Georgia, I believe the National Guard got called into Georgia from all the violence that erupted over the weekend. Um, like they'll be in that kind of role, but I, I really think this is more of a cultural ideological war that's going on right now um and it's why so many people have so little patience with with everything that's going on um and they don't want to hear what other people have to say right they don't want to listen to like the statue thing right the people who want to tear the statues down they have a point right we can't overlook the fact that they have a point i don't think anybody if you came out and said hey you know we as this group of people feel offended by this statue because it's fucking, you know, the guy was a, a slave owner and he beat his slaves and there's, you know, nothing good about him. Most people would probably hear that out and say, you know, in a normal time, outside the culture war, most people would hear that and say, yeah, you have a point, right? Let's do something about that. We don't want anybody to be, we don't, we don't want that to represent America, right? But at the same time, you know, we can't be a nation of people who just tear statues down that we don't like anymore. We can't be 
a nation of people who breaks into people's private property, threatens people, and then gets mad at the people who are defending their property, right? You know, you can't have this this ideology um, come out and be as aggressive as they are, you know? We've reached Idiocracy, the movie, Idiocracy, tier-level insanity at this point. It's completely insane. No one's listening to anyone. Everyone is just yelling and screeching, getting pissed off. No one has any patience for anybody else. And I feel like the dichotomy of it is that we live at a time where everyone essentially has a megaphone, which is the internet and your social media, and nobody feels heard which to me is bizarre. And I think that's because we are way too connected. I think that's the main problem with social media right now. We are far more connected than our minds are prepared to be. Um, I think it's the only thing that explains it, right? You, you, these people on social media, right? When the whole, when George Floyd first happened, right? And everybody was trying to out, uh, out quote, I'm not, racist quote each other you know what i mean they're trying to they're trying to prove to their friends on their social media how not racist they are all the time right constantly right a comedian that i love posted a meme on his instagram during that time um can't believe i'm talking about memes right now on his instagram when everybody was posting the black square because they're trying to show how not racist they are right oh i'm on this side of history i'm you know i don't i'm not hateful right like yeah man we know like we know, right? The meme that was posted was uh, Daenerys, you know, from Game of Thrones after she frees the slave city and they're all holding her up and she's the only white person to be seen, right? And it was this cringe moment, like the optics of it are just so cringe. Like it's a great moment in the show, right? Because she freed all these people and everybody loves her for it and it becomes a great thing. But, you know, the optics of it is it, it just reeks of like white saviorism. Right, like, oh, you know, manifest destiny and the white man's burden. Like, it just seems like she had to be the one to do it. She's the only white person around. She's got the power. Like, it felt like to me when people are posting these black squares, like, that's kind of what they're doing. Like, that's what the meme said, and I completely agree. Like, that's pretty much what they're doing, right? I don't think you need to grant people, you don't need to save these people, you know? Just, it's like listening and hearing them out and like understanding their point is probably enough. You know, when I was a kid, that was, that was what it was. Like people weren't, the assumption wasn't you are racist, prove me wrong. Right. That wasn't the assumption I felt like growing up. I felt like it was like, Hey, we're all in this together. None of us want to be racist. Like we're not assholes. Right. We all want to come together. Let's drop these, you know, feelings that we may, you know, some people may have towards one another. Let's just let it go. And let's just, you know, go about our lives. Like no one's different. Right. No one different meaning different, like less. No one's right. Like there's no inherent. There's nobody inherently less than anybody else, right? That was that's what I thought combating racism was. But now it's like it's so overt. It's so over the top. It's so like you just have to prove it all the time. It seems like there's so much pressure to constantly prove you're not racist all the time, and this guilty until proven innocent thing by the court of social media is, man. It's a lot to take, you know, like I'm, I'm just about, I, the only thing I think I do left is Instagram and I'm just, I'm over it, right? I'm over it. I have a Twitter for this show. Um, if you want to follow me, I am at, I just made it. 
It's brand new. The Methods page. Methods Matt on Twitter. Methods Matt. Follow me on there. Um, I'm going to put up my show episodes, and um, I guess I'll get into Twitter. I've never done it before. We'll see how it goes. Super late to the game on that, but it's because social media is difficult for me. You know, it's hard. It's hard for me. You know, I was talking to my fiance. She brought up a great point about this, about social media. Like, when you're on there and you're posting your black square and you're talking about how evil racists are and you're talking about how bad everybody is and, and white violence or white silence is violence, you know, and, like, you're you're not if you're not over here with me, you're my enemy and all that stuff. People are just out there. Not those exact words, but that's kind of the idea that I feel like they're trying to get across. Um, you know, those people, it, it's, it's tough to see that because it's, it, it makes me cringe so hard because they're just speaking to people who f- are already their friends who follow them on their feed. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like it's a megaphone. Like, these people that go on there on their Instagram, like, and they start shouting things, and they they caption it with insane shit, like, "Oh, I'm fucking, I'm so the best non-racist there ever was, and this is why I'm fucking friends with these people, and this and that and the other thing." You're like, "Yeah, man, no one thought you were. Like, the only people that follow you on your Instagram are probably people that like you, that you already know, right? Like, like, sure, there are some people who have." very popular Twitter or very popular Instagrams, right? And they don't know half the people on there. Most of the people, they probably don't know 99% of the people on there, right? But the average user of social media with like 50 followers, 150 followers of people, they all people that they know and who know them, you wouldn't be friends with those people in the first place if you thought so low of them, right? So to like use your social media as this blasting out point of like proving yourself again and again and again and again and challenging the people who follow you in this weird sort of like intellectual battle like prove it to me sort of situation it's poisonous to me like that's that's no good for anyone's mind you can't be like that's not what friends do you know like if i didn't like my assumption is if we're hanging out and we're cool and we're friends I assume you probably like me and you think highly of me, right? I, I assume people that I like, that I hang out with, that I socialize with, you know, people in my jujitsu gym, love everybody there, right? People, you know, people who I don't, maybe I don't hang out with otherwise, love everybody there, even though I don't, you know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. They're my friends, right? So it's tough sometimes when people use their social media to blast out like, oh, I'm going to tell the world, like you're not telling the world, you're telling your like people that you already that already know you who already like assume you're not a dick, right? So it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me anyway. That's what it looks like to me. Um, yeah, I just I, I hate I hate how it's used right now, and I think the powder keg of that. So pe- that's already been boiling, right? So people have been using their social media. And learning what they want to use it for and learning what it means to them and and blasting out all of these things, right? For what? I mean, Facebook came out when I was in college. So, I mean, 15 years maybe social media has been around. More than that, less than that, probably somewhere right around that mark. So I feel like people have been using social media for that long. And it's sort of become the way that we communicate mainly now, right? Between our cell phones and our social media, that's pretty much how everybody communicates, um, which I don't think is 
the healthiest way to do it because you don't have to consider other people's emotion. You don't have to consider other people's reaction and you don't really consider what other people think of you because a lot of people go on their social media and all they're trying to do is aggrandize themselves, like make themselves look amazing, right? It's kind of what it's for. And I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm not saying it's all negative. I'm not saying the whole thing should be shut down or anything like that or whatever. I just think using it too much and getting too involved in it and using it as your main source of social interaction, maybe not even main source, but this way that you socially interact with people more than others, it's not healthy for your brain. I don't think our brains are evolved enough to deal with that. Um, and I think that that whole situation combined I mean, and now we're going to do this coronavirus lockdown. We're going to lock everybody in their houses for, what are we going on, four months now? We're going on almost four months of being told we can't go outside or hang out with people. People cancel their weddings. People can't go out to bars. People can't, you took, like, you made, essentially what happened is social media became the only way that people communicate now. The only way. It's really unfortunate, right? Because, I, you know, we all, the only way that people are communicating now, or the main way by far, in a way, is through this platform that's not doing them, in my opinion, any favors. Uh, not everybody, not everybody does this. I'm just saying a lot. This happens to a lot of people, and you know whether you're out there and you're one of these people who is in the chaz and, and you think you know you're fighting a revolution or whatever, uh, or you're one of these people who thinks masks are dumb and you're in you know what a great friend of mine calls a no mask nation, you know. Either way, social media is probably not helping, right? Especially right now when you don't get to see hardly anybody anyways. It's it's tough. It's tough. And the combination of those two things have really, in my opinion, set off the powder keg of what this culture war is um, and why it's gotten to the point that it's gotten to. And it's just difficult. And I don't know what this country is going to look like in the future. I don't know what all these changes are going to the effect that the long-term effect they're going to have. It's hard to tell, right? It looks to me probably like small business, owning a small business, being an entrepreneur is, is almost done with. It's close, right? It's not totally dead yet. There's still a lot of people are holding out hope that they're going to be able to open their restaurant or, or they're going to be able to, you know, like I have a small business. I'm holding that hope that I can open it up again someday and that we can go back to what we were doing before. But it's it's not looking like that's going to happen anytime soon. And maybe it's not going to happen again. So when we're talking about the new normal here, are we talking about, I mean, is social media the only way we're going to communicate? You know, are we going to be so afraid of getting sick? from each other? Are we going to be so afraid of each other and so hateful towards each other that we no longer communicate, that we no longer associate with each other, that we're not a part of each other's lives anymore in any meaningful way outside of our social media? It's a scary thought. And it's changing every aspect of what I thought this nation was all about. What I had come to believe that the United States represented, right? The quote, I'll use the term melting pot, right? It's a place where everybody is different, right? But the one thing that combines us is we're all Americans and we all have these values that you're allowed to say this and you're allowed to be this, and you're allowed to do that and, and these things. And we're going against it now, right? We're going against it. And it's hard. And it's taking a toll on people. And I think it's obvious. I think that's what we're witnessing. 
I mean, there's a new Chaz in New York now. And I bring up the Chaz because when I'm talking about the new normal, like, I don't even know what the point is, right? What is, what's the point of Chaz? They even named it, what is, hold on, they named it the City Hall Autonomous Zone. They named it Chaz, C-H-A-Z. They named it Chaz again. So they're obviously trying to be part of the same, you know, I guess you could call it a movement, but what is the movement, right? You had the original Chaz, which is over now in Seattle, where I, you know, my my assumption, I guess, was these people did this to prove they didn't need police, right? Because before the Chaz, the protesters were arguing against the police. That was the argument before, right? That was the argument we were having was we need to defund the police. We need to get rid of the police, right? Refer to episode one, right? We we're talking about of this show, right? I talked about it a lot. These people were protesting against the idea of having police. They need to abolish the police, right? And I thought what made sense to me, maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm trying to make sense of something. There's nothing to be made sense of. My thought was that they took the Chaz or made the Chaz or whatever you founded the Chaz, whatever you want to call it, um, to prove they don't need police, right? To prove their point right. Um, but I guess not because I don't know what... Now there's another one in New York, and I don't know what that one's supposed to represent, right? Because especially the one in Seattle, the Chaz, the Seattle Chaz, the OG Chaz, the I'll call it the Chaz. I'm gonna call it the Chaz because this is some kind of knockoff shit here. But I'm gonna say the Chaz. What did they, the first day, second day, third day? There's like right away they hired. I don't know about hired, but the the gun club, the the John Brown Gun Club showed up, and were the police. They were essentially the police. They're going around. Alleged, these are alleged, these are accusations, right? This is what I heard. Who knows how much of this is true? So we have to take that in consideration. They went around collecting taxes, right? Talked about it in my last show. They went around extorting businesses to pay them, right? With guns, they're armed. They're telling you what you can and can't do. And they're backing it up by force, which is what I thought they were arguing against in the first place. So then it became, so it's obvious, okay, you're not, that's not what you're, you're not against the system, Right, you're like you claim to be against the system of police in the United States, right? But you're not because you just the second you got your own place, what did you do? You put police in, in control and did the same exact thing, right? So I don't even know what this new one is about in New York City. I have no idea how long they're going to let it go. I don't know how big it is. I don't know what they're doing. All I know is they named it the Chaz again, and we'll see because if they are indeed connected. Um, I think that's interesting. I think that is a big, um, I think that kind of exposes the, the one side of the culture war, if you know what I mean. Like in a war, usually two armies go to war, right? Well, in the culture war, the people who believe in the Chaz or believe in an autonomous zone, they're probably one side of that war, you know, like they're one army, not that they're ever going to like. I mean, they were violent in the Chaz somewhat, but I think only to each other. But I don't know. I'll have to look into that as well. But I think that whatever they're doing, they're doing it again under the same name in a different city now. This seems to be kind of an amalgamation of that side. And And I don't know what the other side is. I think we're seeing an emerging war here. And I don't know what the other side is. You know, my instinct is to think, oh, it's people who don't like being autonomous from the United States. But... That's a weak. <laughs> I think that's a weak argument. I guess uh, I don't think they're wrong, but I think it's. 
I don't think that's that's the other side. I just don't believe that's the other side. Um, and I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect from this. We got everything's upside down, right? We got Chaz again after the first Chaz is over. What else is going on here? We got insane shit. Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg is not, is the, what, he's the only social media guy who's not, like, taking down Trump's posts anymore? People are all mad. Like, I read only a couple articles on this, but he's the, okay, the weirdest guy, the most robotic non-human amongst us, Mark Zuckerberg, is the only one who seems to be like, no, 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 I'm not going to participate. Right, and he seemed to be in the beginning, but now, I guess not. Maybe he slipped his mind. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. And I think if he did, in fact, flip his mind, if he is not um, in favor of censoring anymore, which he did seem to be in the beginning, uh, that would be interesting. Because if anybody understands the negative aspects that social media has had on people, it would be that guy. Um, I think Facebook's been collecting enough data. I mean, what did they? There was it wasn't a wasn't a controversy or anything, but they basically came out and said, well, they didn't say, but I forget how this came out. Forgive me. But they, essentially what they do is they make your feed, they put things out that you're going to click on. And the most things that you click on are things that you hate or you disagree with, right? That's what the Russian troll farm was doing. They're putting stuff out that pisses you off. So you click on it, you get more and more and more angry, right? This is the, this is the effect of social media, right? And if anybody knows the, the effect that that may have had on people, all of us, myself included, everybody, it's him. It's that guy. He's watching from afar. Like, he's the guy at the top of the, you know, at the top of the chain. He's the mastermind. Like, he's the evil genius in the tower. You know what I mean? Like, he's in charge of the whole, of one of the, of the biggest social network on the planet. I mean, not only the thing, I don't know how many people, young people use it anymore. I stopped using it fucking years ago. Um, but I think it's still the most popular right now, as of right now. He would know. And he's, seems to be, he's acting weird right now you know he's acting weird he seemed to have this stance before and now he seems to not have it and i think he knows something we don't um and he doesn't want to fuck with it right what else do we got going on that's weird in this world we got the english royal family totally off topic totally different thing but hear me out the english royal family is like not a thing anymore you notice this like right when coronavirus came the queen is just out, right? She's just gone. No one knows where she is. She's like in hiding. I think it's somewhere in Canada. Like no one knows where the hell she is, right? So there's no queen in England, right? The one son married an American lady and they're like, we're not in the family. Like we're just done. I don't know what the story is on that, but like my fiance tells me they're just out. They're done. They're just like, no, we don't want any part of this, right? And now you've got fucking the other guy is going to get indicted not indicted he's gonna he's about to get fucked by gizane gizlane whatever her name is maxwell epstein's lady he's about to get fucked that guy was obviously involved i don't know if you saw the documentary the epstein documentary if you have not you definitely should um yeah the english family is essentially done it's wild like who's left who's left at this point you got a guy probably going away forever because he's a pedo, right? Involved in the Epstein thing, which we're going to get to in a minute because that's just insane what just happened, right? Um, the other prince just already denounced the family and the queen is just gone and I think recently said she has no plans of coming back. 
no plans of coming back as long as coronavirus is a thing. I think it makes sense on her end. She does seem to be in the small group of people this is super dangerous for. Don't really blame her for hiding away from it. At the same time, that is piss poor leadership, if you ask me. Right? You're just going to abandon ship. You're just fucking out. Like, I don't know how much leadership she has left in her, but she's a leadership figure, if nothing else, right? Um, this is just something I noticed last night. I was just, you know, catching up on what's going on in the world, and I just realized there is no royal family anymore. The English royal family is just is gone. It's just not a thing. Trip me out. Um, and I had mentioned that one of them's going to get in shit with the Epstein thing. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Maxwell just got arrested, right? And she is now saying she's going to sing like a bird. She's going to spill the beans on everything. I can't wait to hear what she has to say because basically I fully believe she is going to spill the beans. Well, what I believe is she's going to end up dead. She's either going to be, they're either going to call her dead from coronavirus or she's going to suicide herself. One of those two things. She's going to get suicided. She's going to be epstein whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't think she's going to live. I don't think anything's going to come of this. I think the forces that be, I'm a little bit of a believer in the conspiracy side of this whole thing. I think the forces that be aren't going to let it happen. And I don't think, um, I don't think Ghislaine is going to get to the point where she gets to mention anything. But if she does, this is going to get insane. And I'm only thinking this because she's his lady and they usually talk in all these types of things, right? They get the guy, they get the mafia's woman, and what does he do? The guy's woman, and what does she do? Spills the beans. They always throw him under the bus as long as they promise they don't got to go to jail and they're not going to get killed or whatever the hell it is, right? They get a, they get some kind of bargain where they don't have to get fucked with, right? And I think she's going to take that bargain and she's going to run and she's going to talk. I think she is going to talk or she's going to get killed mysteriously. And it will be mysterious too. It'll either be, oh, coronavirus took her life or it'll be, she committed suicide. Oh, the camera was off, just like Epstein, right? But man, I feel like some people are about to go down. And I think this is the biggest story that we've had in America in a long, long time. This is going to be fascinating. And I hope it distracts people from the crazy shit that is the culture war right now. Because I think ending a pedophile ring um, of elite wealthy people who make decisions in this country... I mean, she's connected to damn near everybody. She's got pictures with the Clintons. She's got pictures with Trump. She's got pictures with everybody. Everybody in power, right? And we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but that's my main thing. Probably going to do a whole episode on that. Um, I find that to be fascinating. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Again, you can follow me on... Sorry, this is still new for me. Methods Matt on Twitter. Um, I will be putting out all my new episodes up there uh, once they're live. And then the methodspage.com. And please subscribe. You can Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and soon to be Google Podcasts. Um, thanks for looting it. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys next time.